This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The Axe and Crown. Episode 4. The Artful Dodger. Oh! Great. Damn it, Uncle. Good morning. Oh my gosh, Batula, are you okay? I'm fine. That doesn't look very comfy. I'm fine. Hanging upside down like that? It's fine. I was just looking around for something to eat and suddenly this rope thing went off. Ah, that's gubbin for you. He's got traps everywhere. He never thinks to warn anyone. I should have known. The kitchen door, though? Yeah, the kitchen is off limits, apparently. But don't feel bad. I got caught in that one myself. That's nice. I can't reach my knife. Could you just... Oh, no, 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 no. No, you shouldn't need to cut anything. When I set that one off, Gubman had, like, a release button for it. I think it was somewhere down here. No, Stan, please, just, just give me my knife. It's right here. You can see the sheath. Look, 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 look where I'm pointing... Stan. No, I remember Here, Look, he reached no. under the bar. He must have flipped a lever or something. Ow! Oh, God. Okay, so he's got another trap under the bar. I was not expecting that. Wow, okay. My arm is totally stuck now. How crazy is that? That's great. <laughs> oh, that Gubbin. What a smart guy, you yeah, know? What a guy. Hey, hey, Gubbin. Are you up yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get Uncle in here so he can gloat. That's a great idea. (laughs) So, is this your first time in Forloria? What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. First time. Nice, nice. How are you enjoying it so far? So far, let's see. Um, had to drag my trunk all over town looking for this place, uh-huh. and now I'm hanging from the ceiling in one of my uncle's stupid booby traps. Right, yeah, that's a lousy start. Ugh. Hey, if you're free today, I can I can give you that guided tour of Granville, let you see the city properly. That's nice of you, but I've got to be on my way today. Oh, no, really? Where are you headed? Oh, way east. Ah, like uh, towards Mediocria. That's a... That's a nice part of the country. So I hear. So you don't even have time for, like, a little sightseeing? Sorry, no. Ah. Oh, uh, by the way, you still got to change your money, right? Right. Well, I hate to... Oh, my arm. I hate to be the one to tell you this, but you know that Malorian coin that you gave us last night? What about it? Well, I took it to the bank this morning, and they showed me this really cool thing. See, here's your coin, and if I weigh it, 
Well, I don't think I have a balance here, but anyway, apparently this coin weighs the same as 214 grains of barley. That's fascinating. No, but then get this, you stick it in the water and then I think it's the amount that spills out divided by the number of grains, something like that. Anyway, I didn't want to tell Gubman since he would blow it out of proportion, but the point is it's not real. What's not? This coin. I think someone back in Meloria gave you some fake currency. What do you mean not real? What's not real? Nothing. Nothing. Huh. Well, somebody been trying to jimmy the lock on the kitchen door. I was hungry. I thought you might have some food around. Kitchen's off limits. Apparently. Let's see that coin, Stan. I do not know what coin you are currently referring to. (laughs) Ow, ow. Okay, right. Yes, this coin right here. Huh. Regna del Maluria, five royales. <laughs> Looks like gold, doesn't it? It is gold. Well, let's just see here. No, don't. Oh, Gubbin. Well, would you look at that? Solid lead with a layer of brass and just the tiniest bit of gold leaf around it. Probably worth what, about sixpence? I heard lead isn't very good for you. This ain't legal tender. There or here. Well, how is I supposed to know? I'm not an alchemist. Can you let me out of this net? Oh, while you're at it. Me too. I'm kind of stuck. This all the money you got? Yeah, I mean, I got more money, but it's just more of these. Where'd you get them? In Mayoria. Uncle, let me out of this stupid trap. Where in Maluria? It's Mayoria. Where in Maluria? A guy. What guy? Just a guy, an artist. Ah, here we go. What, is there something wrong with artists? What was his name? Arvando Bossi. Bossi? Yes. Why do I know that name? What the hell were you doing taking money from a Malorian artist? One of the bossies, no less. Let me down and I'll tell you. Fine. Oh, Oh, are you okay? A bit of warning would have been nice. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. How did you get mixed up with the Bassies? Also, who are they? Also, can you let me out next? The Bassies are the most notorious art cabal in Maluria. Notorious how? Turns out they're into art theft, forging sculptures and paintings, ancient relics, and I guess forging money too. Won't find a more subversive, transgressive band of hoodlums this side of the pointy lands. But I didn't know any of that when I met Arvando. So what were you doing in Maluria? I was going to school there, working odd jobs to get by, and then one day this guy approached me, said he was a painter and a sculptor and wanted to hire me as his model. You worked as a model? So I said okay, and so Arvando did a couple of paintings of me. But soon he had me helping him out with frescoes and installations, carrying his supplies, setting up scaffolding, and sometimes I'd just stand outside while he was chatting with someone and make sure they saw me. The way he talked, I figured it was just because he wanted to show me off. Uh Uh-huh. Which was a little weird, but whatever. What can I say? He could talk anyone into anything. Especially with a seven-foot-high troll standing next to him. Can't believe you were working for Arvando Bossi. I just thought he was a solid guy, okay? He paid me good money. Good fake money. Yes. Anyway. We spent weeks preparing for his next big show, lots of pictures of the rich and famous trying to win over new patrons. So this hall's full of dukes and bishops and bankers, and when it comes time for opening night, this 
rival group called the Magical Demolitionists have vandalized every piece in the hall. Oh, no. Like they smashed everything? Worse. They changed things. Hmm? They took the heads off his sculptures and switched them. They cut up his paintings and rearranged them. And in doing so, they recontextualized them in a manner that forced one to confront the paradoxical and hypocritical nature of power and legitimacy in modern society. Frickin' artists. I don't get it. Don't you see? He invited all these nobles so he could flatter them, and instead all they saw were paintings full of symbolism about how they were lying and sleeping with each other and stealing from everyone in the kingdom. Which was all lies, I'm sure. No, it was all true. But you still shouldn't put it in a painting. (laughs) They would have killed him for treason if his parents hadn't stepped in. But all of a sudden, every two-bit fresco painter decided they wanted a piece. All the movements and factions piled on trying to get the upper hand. One day... All six members of the Maniacal Five had their heads mysteriously bashed in by gargoyles falling off buildings. Whoa. That was the demos, of course. Oh, the demolitionists. Before long, they had control of the trade and watercolors and miniatures. Then they got together with the East Side Post Reasonableists to take on the Bassis head-to-head. And the Bassis? Arvando was laying low after the big fiasco. But that was before the whole Azandia thing. What's an Azandia? His racehorse. She was a gift from his parents, I think. Uh-oh. Oh, Arvando loved that horse. Fed her on wine and pastries. He got me to install a toiletti for her in the stable. A what? A water closet. It's like a chamber pot, but it's got running water. What the hell for? For flushing it. It's the latest thing in Maoria, very expensive. He had you install a toiletti for his horse? I told you Azandia was his little princess. Literally, he made her wear a silver tiara. But anyway, a couple weeks after the demolitionists make their move, Arvando's got an unveiling. Great big statue of the Duke in the main square. I'm working security in case anybody tries anything creative. I catch a couple of demos trying to sneak in with brushes and glue, so I knock some sense into them, and that's it. The unveiling goes off without a hitch. All his patrons are overjoyed. But? But that night, Arvando comes home from the big party. Goes up to his chambers. Oh, no, I don't. I don't like this story. And finds the bedclothes all stained and sitting right in the middle of the bed. No, stop! Seriously. Is a Zandia the horse's brand new toiletti? Wait, wait, what? And in front of it, there's a little plaque, like like in a museum, says the complete works of Arvando Bassi. Wow, that's. I guess. That's terrible. Yeah, that was just way too on the nose. Arvando basically snapped. Started a new series of allegorical portraits of his enemies. Portraits? It could have been worse. At least he wasn't... Using their own blood. Oh, I kept thinking, these paintings smell weird, but I didn't clue in until the night he had me line the floor and walls with canvases, gave me this big knife, and asked me to help him bring someone in. So at that point, I figured it was time for me to make an exit. You stole his money and ran. What else was I going to do? Well, at least it wasn't real money. Yeah. At least it was counterfeit that you stole from a gangster. And paid your uncle with. Look, I'm sorry about the coins. I honestly didn't know. You think he knows where you went? Yeah, I cover my tracks pretty well. I mean, it's always kind of hard being discreet in human country. Yeah, well, I can't guarantee you'll be safe here. But if you need a place to stay... Uh, I don't want to bring anything bad down on you guys. We'll deal. If anyone shows up in the town and starts asking about trolls, I'll hear about it. Your artist friends come for you, they'll have to come through me. Thanks, uncle. And me. Sure. So... Anna Batula, you gonna be sensible about this or what? Yeah, I'll stay. Woohoo! Thanks, Uncle. Yeah, you're welcome. It's two crowns a night, no meals. Come in. Nope, it's fine. I just need to find a place to change these coins. Stan tried to change one at the bank. Word's gonna get out. I can help you out with the rent. No, I can pay my own way. Uh, I'll find work and I'll pay you back properly, Uncle. See to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got one week. Thanks. Yay! It all worked out. My arm is still stuck. Hello? Uh, guys? Guys? I'm, I'm still... Guys? Can you come back? Because I'm still in the trap. The Axe and Crown. Starring Hugo Jones, Art Carlson, and Marisa King. Written and directed by Eli McElveen. Recorded in Toronto at Trench Recordings. Sound designed by Eli McElveen. Produced by Sean Howard. I'm Armando Bossy. I want to come and I'm going to, I'm going to beat up Batuta. No, you're not. I'm Stan and I'm here to protect her. I only have one hand left because the other one got amputated because it lost all the circulation. But still, I don't care because I'm going to get you. Ooh, uh, uh, oh no, please don't. Stan, stop your fooling. Get to work. Sorry. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. Choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.